Uh, hey, Brett. Uh, yeah. So I know it's been a while since we've recorded an episode, but I, I think we really need to record this one. Okay. Um, I want to do that. I do. I just think it'd be a good idea if we, uh, you know, if we watch the movie just one more time, make sure we don't miss anything. Brett, you've been in my house for three months straight watching this movie. I, I think it's time. But I think one more, I think one more time would do it. I, I just don't want to start talking on the podcast and then miss something huge. And I just think for reference, one more time. Liz said that since the baby's here, we don't have any room for you anymore and you have to get out. You had a baby? Yes, the baby. The very tiny person that's been living in this house for the last three months. I just thought it was a very small freeloader. Not unlike myself. You're not wrong. And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. Would you do it for a Scooby snack? Like, hey, Scoob, it looks like we're in a podcast. <laughs> What's a podcast, Raggy? On this episode of Meddlers Incorporated, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Meddlers Incorporated. My name is Brett. And my name is Michael. And today we are going to talk about a very, very, very special movie. It's called Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. The not-quite-a-sequel to Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Probably the turning point of the entire Scooby-Doo franchise as a whole. See, I'm willing to state that this is definitely a sequel. Like, I feel like the first four direct-to-TV movies are their own Yeah, they, they, they do have their own, and I believe that continuity also kind of rolled over into What's New Scooby-Doo, if I'm not mistaken. Where um, kind of the art style was a little bit the same, they did wear different outfits, and they did have kind of a revamped, more modern Scooby-Doo show coming out. You know, I can't remember if it did. I know that some of the movies actually tied into... Uh, Scooby and Shaggy get a clue. Hmm. But well, that series is so long off and, what do you call it, not good, that we don't have to worry <laughs> about it for a while. Yeah, yeah, but, let I mean, like, just at the time when it came out, like, you had Zombie Island, which is such a game changer when it was first released, came out of nowhere and took the entire, like, legacy of the franchise in just a, a brand new, bold direction. Getting back to its roots while also giving us, like, a fresh new look on things. All in all, it was fantastic. So when this movie came out, which is Ghost, it was... No one really expected it, and no one really asked for it, and yet we were still excited when we got it. And we got a really, really strong movie. And I'm just going to say it. The individual elements of Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost are better than Zombie Island. That's a, that is an interesting hot take, but I think I'm going to agree with you. I would rather watch this one. Like, if you tell me pick one movie, it's this one over Zombie Island. Yeah, now I see, I have fonder memories, and I have like a fondness and respect for Zombie Island. But when it comes to the mystery, 
the jokes, the atmosphere, the location, the the clues, the villains, it is all here. All of it. We get, in my opinion, a, a almost flawless film. And it, it's just fantastic. So I would say like this is better in every way than Zombie Island, and yet Zombie Island is the one that has the most clout because of what it did for the series. Agreed. Now... We'll just go ahead and jump into this. If you want to watch this on your own, you can find it on the Boomerang app. You can also just find it on DVD. It's been released out there. I highly recommend it. Cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, now, I think they had... You had mentioned the first four of the series. I've seen DVD sets with the first four straight-to-DVD, straight-to-VHS films. So, let's talk about how this one opens. Do you remember... It's It's been a bit since we watched this one, but do you remember how it's it opens? It's been five minutes, Michael. <laughs> been a bit since i watched this one i have a child to take care of brett okay fine i'll remind you so we start off almost like we did in zombie island with wrapping up a case but this one hits us a little bit closer to home considering we're in a museum we're actually we go through the following this nerdy ish sort of fellow this kind of professor looking guy just looks like an egghead do people still use those phrases? I mean, you just did. I know, but like, do real people use those phrases? I don't know. If you're one of the five people that listen to this podcast, let us know if this is a, a, a phrase you use on a regular do you basis. Use it? Is, it like, is it a good phrase? I mean, because I don't want to say egghead and have everybody be like, what is he talking about? Uh, he's a nerd. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, people still use that, right? I'm not hip with the kids. I don't know the current lingo. That's because you spent three months watching the same movie. Yeah, and every single time I was like, what an egghead. What <laughs> so, an absolute dork. Yeah, so we, we follow this guy as he's basically shutting down the museum, leaving, you know, lights are out, and he's mm, a little uneasy. And we get to see why in a smidge, but not before we see Mystery Inc. dressed up as they do as several of the exhibits. You know, I'm just proud of them for being able to put this together so quickly. I mean, we don't really know how quick they were because they could have had hours of prep time. It's not like the other episodes or like What a Night for a Night where they just had to dress up like as they were being chased. This, they could have had plenty of prep time. They could have bought the outfits in advance. So you're suggesting that they have been dressed in the museum this entire time and trying not to blink? I mean, possibly? Interesting. I still think that uh, Scooby-Doo makes for a terrible saber-toothed tiger. Uh, You know, he's doing his best, Brad. He's trying. What follows is a mummy tomb opens up. I say mummy tomb because I can never remember the word for mummy tomb. There's two of them. No, it's tomb, not tomb. No, no, no. You, You said a mummy tomb, but there's two tombs. There's two sarcophaguses. A tomb is a place that you put a sarcophagus. So, two sarcophaguses. <laughs> two snuffleupaguses open up. Two snuffleupagus. <laughs> so, so, two sarcophagus opens up, and out comes what I thought was Mumra from Thundercats. Actually, yeah. It looks like if Mumra was also kind of a rock... Because they have very, like, stone-like, kind of grayish faces. 
I believe, though, they're not really dressed in Egyptian garb. They look more like Mumra if he was a Viking. They have, like, the, you know, they have, like, the axes and stuff. This is, I mean, as much detail as we're trying to put into this, this is essentially the opening just kind of quickie scene. Uh, we're not really focused too much on these two guys. So we have the intro bit where we get to listen to the song because the monsters were chasing the sky. Mr. Ink is being chased by them. It's just kind of going all over the place. I was happy that Billy Ray Cyrus performed the music. I know some people were unhappy with the choice of him doing the theme song, but I thought it was fun. Who's Billy Ray Cyrus? Achy Break Your Heart? Miley Cyrus' dad. Hannah Montana's dad? Hannah Montana's dad? Is he also a musician? Yes. He, as a matter of fact, sang the theme song for this That's weird. episode. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not musically inclined, but... Every time we talk about a, any kind of musician, you're like, who's that? And you'd be like, yeah, bruh. So so we're going to talk about Cher. Cher? Okay, I didn't have any trouble saying the name. <laughs> I didn't recognize her, but it's not like I don't know how to say the word Cher. It's just... What you like, you know, what you do with a Kit Kat bar. There it is. You yeah. share it. Yeah, Brett, I think this is my favorite part of the podcast is here we're gonna talk about this musician. And Brett's like, What's a musician? That's my least favorite part of every single podcast is if there's some type of musical trivia in it, I'm like, Welp, time to get schooled. It's like we're gonna talk about Johnny Cash now. You know what? I do know him. I do know Johnny Cash. He was in an episode of Columbo. Was he? Yeah. I have tracked that episode down. He was, the, was great. He was the killer. Yeah. Crazy. Spoiler um, alert. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said I wanted to that go. That was my bad. Uh, Columbo did it. <laughs> well, I mean, Columbo normally spoils who the murderer is pretty obviously. They... Yeah, the intro to every Columbo episode is the murder, and the rest of it is just them sweating bullets while Columbo gets ever closer. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, there's no mystery for us. It's just how long is it going to take Columbo to finish up? And it's usually about 45 minutes. Anyways, moving on. I don't know how much that's getting cut, but we'll find out. Hopefully none of it. It's very educational. There it is. We got to learn about Billy Ray Cyrus, Johnny Cash, Columbo. <laughs> so what happens is the Mamras get tripped by someone and they fall into a net. Yeah, this is um, this was kind of a trip. I actually thought it was one of the kids because it's very, it's a very childlike way of catching someone off guard. It's just we see a foot behind a tapestry just kind of peek its way out. These two guys, they fall... And then we get to unmask them. And then we are introduced to Ben Ravencroft, who is voiced by the one and only Tim Curry. And it's important to note that Ben Ravencroft is in no way, shape, or form Stephen King, even though he clearly is Stephen King. I th he's just a horror author, but I don't think who he's... Who lives in Maine. But I mean, there's plenty of well-known horror author, horror author, horror author, story writers, <laughs> people who write some scary stories, y'all. They write spooky urban tales. So yeah, um, there's plenty of them that live in Maine. I'm sure. I've never really known of anyone else, but it's it. You know, I'm sure they exist. Well, he's definitely not Stephen King. Anyways, Steen Coons. Anywho. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben Ravencroft even goes so far as to unmask the villains. And they say we would have gotten away with it too. 
If it wasn't for this meddling writer. Yeah, Freddie actually kind of remarks like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> He's like, that's not how that's supposed to go. Well, at least he didn't call his kids. That's true. But can we just take a moment to just talk about what an amazing performance Tim Curry brings to every role he's ever done. This guy doesn't know how, like, even if it's a bit role, even if it's just a random, just cast member, like, they just need a voice, unnamed character, he always brings 110%. And God bless him, too. Because this movie, I think half of it is just a lot of, like, the performances and the dialogue and the writing and he kills it yes he does that was a really like underwhelming reaction so yes, what okay yes, so he's here's good. what happened i thought i kicked up the microphone while you were talking oh okay so i was checking that and i'm like okay everything's fine because i'm like here's brad going on it's like tim curry and he's giving this passionate speech and i'm like i knocked out the microphone buddy we're gonna have to redo all of that and you're like oh snap i gotta force him to have that level of enthusiasm and volume again Someone who doesn't have to have forced enthusiasm is Velma. Because Velma is super excited. She is a big fan of Ben Ravencroft. Yeah, she is. And for good reason. He writes a lot of horror stuff. Kind she, she had her own horror mystery uh, horror a bookstore. Mystery How store. many of those shelves were dedicated to him, we will never know. Sadly, we never visit Velma's bookstore in any of these movies. I mean, that yeah, would have been such a cool thing. Rumor has it they're doing a sequel to Zombie Island, so... They have a sequel to Zombie Island. It's called Witch's Ghost. No, I meant like a sequel directly about Zombie Island. That's the, crazy. We'll find out if that's true. Rumor has it it's it's coming. That is a rumor I want to happen. They also have a second Kiss movie coming out. Kiss? That's right. Kiss is a rock band. Velma probably gets really excited because Ben ends up not only recognizing the kids... He invites them to his home in Oakhaven. Now, one question I had. Why in the world was Ben there? You know, that is really a question that someone should have asked. But I think what ends up happening is... I thought, wasn't he there researching for a book? Yeah, but why would he be in a museum after it's closed? Right. It seems like an odd time to research a book. But you know what he does do? As I pointed out... Watching, you know, watching the, you know, for the fiftieth time, I'm like, huh? He's playing these kids really well. Like he's talking them up and, and complimenting them and all that. He's working really well at getting on their good side to the point that they don't even ask the questions they probably should. Like, why was a horror writer here? Well, I mean, I don't think it's anything sinister. The man is very well spoken, and he seems to be a huge fan of the kids. You know what? I bet they've probably inspired some of his stories. Probably. They have this some is, adventures. This is him meeting his heroes. And that's probably... That would have been a really good angle if they yeah, had taken that. That would have been like that would have been such a good angle. And also, I mean, I, I think he's just a pretty great guy, all in all. Well, I mean, he has a really cool car that has a spare child on the side of it. Does he actually have a car with a spare tire? Yes, he does. He oh, certainly okay, does. Because I you, and, and I saw that, so I'm like, nope, spare child on the side of the car. Spare child on the side of the car. <laughs> so they make it to Oakhaven. Now this I actually really really liked. Oakhaven is a it is one of those quaint little towns, and I say the word quaint. It's it's picturesque. 
it's very much so I would say kind of like that perfect idea of like a small town where everyone seems to know each other it's very nice very pleasant and they're actually doing a, a little bit of a festival aren't they I don't know if little is quite the way I would say because there are people everywhere and Ben is aghast I mean he's like he said yeah we've got a few people to get in to look at like the leaves that they turn collars but this is way more people than they've ever had before yeah it seems like there's a lot of tourists here and you would think what in the world would bring so many people to such a small town i know we said leaves and i know leaves are important i'm colorblind i can't fully appreciate them myself i know people love them but what else is attracting all these people to this little town fred wonders if it's the hex girls concert the who hex girls because that's what everyone else is talking about. They're like, who, who are the Hex Girls? I don't know, but they're having a concert. There's a poster for it. I feel like I should know them because I've seen the movie, but you know how music stuff is with me? It just... Pew. I, you know, they probably aren't important. <laughs> probably not. They, they probably won't even be in this movie. Yeah. But anyways, there's also a little bit of a heritage festival going on, and it looks to be all centered around the Puritan days, kind of the... Salem Witch Trials, if you will, kind of a glorifying of that time period and some of the cultural aspects that are around at that time. So it looks like we are here uh, about a witch. There's a kind of a local legend. There seems to be a witch. This is very much like a sleepy, hollow, headless horseman kind of story where there is just a local legend that seems to be pulling in quite a bit of people. This town actually has a witch's ghost, or a supposed haunting by a witch, and considering it looks like it's autumn, what better time for tourists to go on the hunt for haunted locales? Now, the ghost in particular actually has a name. Not like the Headless Horseman, this particular witch's ghost has a real name, and I believe it's Sarah Ravencroft, which... Now, yeah, if you guys are sitting here thinking, that sounds familiar, it's because we talked about it, you know, just a few minutes ago. So good job on you for paying attention to what we say. Or hitting the rewind button. (laughs) Either which way, it's Ben's ancestor. Now, Ben has informed us Sarah was not a witch. No, she was a Wiccan, and she was a healer, a medicine woman, which, back in the day, back in the Puritan days, this was a very, very risky time to be a healer and believe in the natural medicines that the earth provides because more often than not you will get accused of basically consorting with satan yes now my favorite thing about this uh, entire movie is how they clearly have no idea what wiccan is they just seem yeah. to kind of throw some things there. We'll talk about some of the more interesting things that they throw out there. Yeah, you see, being a Wiccan isn't really like... It's it's not exactly something that you're born into. It's not like it is a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a biological thing? No, it's, it's a religious thing. It's very much so a religious thing, so it's a little weird. Because as we'll find out later... They seem to think of it as more of a heritage thing. Like it's something just in your blood versus just being a... Also, it's several hundred years early because Wicca didn't really exist until about, you know, the turn of the 20th century. But that's neither here nor there. Point is, 
essentially, Ben says Sarah was good, and everyone else says she was a witch. Yeah, she, he's very offended because this is dragging his family's name through the mud. This is just using someone's tragic death as a way to draw in tourists, which I agree with Ben here. That's very, very disrespectful. Unless you are living in Plymouth, in which I believe this is most of the other tourist industry, y'all keep up doing what you do. I was going to say stop. Have y'all seen Jaws? You, you got to say no. The mayor's always wrong. Well, this mayor's the one that gave the exposition, so I think he's the guilty one. He's the one that told us all about this stuff. Yeah, you know what? You got a point. I think the mayor's the bad guy. I'm willing to wrap this mystery up right now. The mayor has told us all about the witch's ghosts appearing recently, and... Poor Ben Ravencroft. I'm sorry for him. Like, man... Word has gone out about this, and I'm on your side. I find this to be kind of one of the most realistic parts of the movie. Think about it. Today, if it comes out that, hey, this town is haunted by a witch that seems to perform on cue, people aren't going to run away. No, they're more than likely going to bring their cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, and that's what they're doing here. Like, this is something you don't see in Scooby-Doo often, where they're actually showing us, hey, this is probably how life would really go. Yeah, whenever you um, hear about haunted footage being caught on camera, or it being like a local thing, you'll have more people renting out tickets and tours than running the other direction. Heck, my wife and I stayed at... At this hotel, just because it was supposed to be haunted on our honeymoon. The hotel was haunted. It wasn't just haunted on our honeymoon. That would have been really... Yeah, that would have been really, really bizarre. Also, what a weird honeymoon. You've met us, right? I mean, I have, but still. I mean, I do a Scooby-Doo podcast. My wife is a firm believer in ghosts and ghouls. So, yeah, no, it makes complete sense that we'd go and... I wish I could get my wife to believe in ghosts and ghouls, because we have a haunted apartment... And I've explained out the logistics of how our apartment's haunted. Still doesn't believe it. I'm pretty certain that's just your cat knocking over the pot of plants. So, because we bring in all these tourists, and because we're trying to really dress up and kind of capitalize on the time period, you have a lot of historical reenactment going on. You have actors and you have people that are dressed up in this very old world garb trying to recreate this time period for a tourist sort of, you know, atmosphere. Now, I actually, I've personally been to a Civil War reenactment, and I gotta say, people take it very seriously. People get really into it, and it's usually very well done. As a matter of fact, the one I went to was, it was actually a lot of fun. And so that's what we have going on here. We have different little exhibits, booths, tents, where they're doing all these different kind of reenactments of candle making, making these little like corn husk dolls. They have churning butter and just all sorts of things that were kind of more accurate for the time period. And they go around looking. Now, there is a point where we go to a tree stump, in which case Scooby, just to try and get a gopher or a groundhog, I mean, you know, some sort of rodent that lives underground. It's some type of that. And he starts digging into the dirt, like actually trying to get it, and ends up with a shoe buckle stuck to his nose. Yeah, I I thought it was a belt buckle, but it was a... Well, I didn't... uh, Shaggy also think it was a belt buckle, until someone's like, no, that's a shoe buckle. Something very much like that. It's kind of weird for us because we don't have buckles on our shoes anymore. We have evolved beyond that. 
But Shaggy <laughs> puts it on his shoe and somehow just... It, yeah, you know, it just clips on. That, as, as you do. That's how belt buckles are... Shoe buckles. Wow. That's how shoe buckles work. You just clip them on. They're magnetic. Now Shaggy wants a matching pair. Yeah. So, Scooby. Find some more. Get on that. And so, we're essentially going to be just kind of hanging out in this town. Just kind of exploring things. Going for a tour. And... Now, didn't... They've talked about how they found a bunch of old stuff. The mayor mentioned that. And Ben wants to know... Did y'all find a book per se uh you know j- just a book a journal maybe i would really like to have it this journal because it did belong to sarah ravencroft and it's a book with all of her teachings and medicine and it's a journal of her patients and it can prove she, she wasn't, wasn't a, a witch. witch and honestly i'm all for it what better way to prove someone's innocence than to get a record they made when they were alive yep well well, no, no book. No book. We didn't yeah. find it. No book. So they end up and uh, wanting to get food, Shaggy and Scooby do, because that's what Shaggy and Scooby want to do. Of course they do. And so while the rest of the gang is going to go to Ben Ravencroft's house, Shaggy and Scooby decide to go to a, I guess it's a local diner. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a diner. <clears throat> yeah, it's just a little local diner. Jack's. Jack's local diner, and essentially. <clears throat> Jack's local diner. Yeah, that, that just, yeah, yeah. I think it was just called Jack's. You don't yeah, have to it's add just local. called called Jack's. It doesn't actually have the diners, drive-ins, and dives. I, know, I like the idea that's like Jack's local diner. This is one of our seventeen locations. Yeah, one of our big <laughs> franchise locations. Just a real local small town place, mom and pop shop. You know how it is. So they go there, and Ben says the magic words. Put it on my tab. Anything that they eat is is on me, and. uh... Woo. Velma and Daphne point out that this was a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Like and I think after what Shaggy and Scooby orders, Ben better start writing a couple more best-selling books because uh, he's going to need to pay this tab off. Yeah, because they essentially order all of it. All of it? Yeah, all of it. The whole thing. Like, if it's on the menu, they wanted it. Yeah, Three Jack, of them. Jack asks, hey, do you want the bone for your dog? And he's like, nope, Scooby's allergic to him. Just give us everything. Can you really be allergic to bones? Because don't you have them inside your body at all times? I I mean, I do. <laughs> don't you usually have them in you? I mean, I know how I go, but most people have bones in them. Yeah. At, uh, you know. Well, we cut away from where Shaggy and Scooby are making everyone ill with their eating habits. And we go to Ben Ravencroft's house. And Velma is just fangirling hard on this one because she is all about everything in this house i mean for good reason though it looks like a popular horror author's study yep i mean i would be looking for secret passages but if i was mr incorporated that's what i would how i spend all my free time like everywhere i walk into like oh i'm in the mcdonald's better go look for the secret passage this is a man's house it's not like he's a villain and this is his nefarious headquarters oh no i just assume they came across so many they just spend all their time looking for secret passages no matter where they go i guess that's true you know they go into denny's order a grand slam start looking for a passage they go into a plantation manor on an island in new orleans and they find a hidden staircase trail they should have looked harder in that episode. That would have really yeah. changed the entire way this episode I just went. really think that in that movie, there could have been so many more secret passages we never knew. So, we talked more about how Sarah's a Wiccan. 
And she treated all of her patients under a large oak tree. They have a painting of her. And Velma's like, hey, I saw a large oak tree in town. And Ben's like, yeah, I actually already had that idea. Guess what? It's not there. No book. We're just basically given a little bit of exposition about Sarah. Uh, we, we just kind of go around some of like the basic details. The only thing we really know about her is she's a nice lady. She's a nice lady. Ben's a nice guy. They just seem to be really on the up and up, both of them. And one of them is fighting really, really hard to make sure we give her the respect she deserves. And just... And just, I'm, I'm pointing my finger at the microphone. Yes, like, you are. Yes. Yeah, it's... I, I was... I'm wagging my finger just ah! with a lot of conviction. And you guys can't see it. Once again, the best thing for an audio thing is visual clues and jokes. Very much so. So, everyone is waiting for the ghost by the time this all comes through. Yeah, because apparently this ghost is probably set to show up tonight. You know, maybe... Might make an appearance. Could. The way they talk about her, it sounds like she shows up on schedule like she's a cast member at Disney World or the ghost of Hagglethorn Hall who just roams at midnight through Hagglethorn Hall and also that guy's cornfield. And also that guy's cornfield. (laughs) Yeah, he just does that and the cornfield. He just happens to ride his horse along those. So, ends up over an hour, nothing happens, and Ben was joking. He's like, yep. I was hoping to run across Sarah. I was going to ask her about my book. And I'm like, well, that's a little ominous the way he said that. Yeah, you know, he just really wants... Look, the man's an author. Of course he wants a book. That man wants this book bad, What guys. else would he want? A, a typewriter? I mean, yes. So he could type up a new book. Maybe some paper. Why would he want that? I don't think you understand how things work, Brett, but okay. I mean, we are in the, the 21st century. Generally, you just type it up on a computer and email it off to your publisher. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. I've been writing mine by hand. You also don't have a publisher. There's a lot of problems with what you're doing, Brett. So, we go back to Jack's Diner, where, where Scooby and Shaggy have literally ate everything. All Jack Jack has to leave to go to the store to pick up more food. Yeah, he has to go and get ingredients, because they essentially cleaned him out. And so, since there's no more business at Jack's, looks like it's time to head off. Scooby and Shaggy are looking a little portly, aren't they? I assume that you could just push Scooby down and roll him around with how heavy he is. I don't know. Shaggy's also looking to be about nine months pregnant. (laughs) He's nine months pregnant with a food baby. That is a fair statement. So, they're walking around and... They see three girls, uh, like, silhouetted in the up there. And Shaggy is wanting to impress these ladies, which... Uh, Scooby, uh, Scooby actually tries, too. He, um, they both said to uh, suck in ye old gut. Yeah, but when you have that much gut, at some point in time, it, it doesn't go well. You gotta breathe at some point. <laughs> they do say, hi... Yeah, you know, these girls, uh, they look a little, um... Vampire-y? I mean, a little vampire They're dressed kind of like... Like a vampire? Yeah, a little vamp. I mean, like, and then they have, uh, you know, they have the dark lips. The teeth are a little pointy, kind of, um... Fangish? Like they're fangs? Yeah, maybe a little fangish. Um, they might be vampires, all three of them. And Scooby and Shaggy do what they do best. Well, the second thing they do best. They run. And scream. And scream. And after they run, they then decide, you know what? It's time to do what we do best. 
eat. Yeah, we gotta eat again. They're hungry. Yeah, I mean, they worked off those guts. Like, I want to be on the the how many? I want to count in the film to see how many steps Shaggy ran because I want to be on that program. I, you know, I don't know what kind of metabolism that man the has. The seventy-five step program will work off anything. So what follows is more terror for them because here comes the witch's ghost. They just can't catch a break. Because as soon as they get away from these three vampires, here comes Sarah Ravencroft herself. Flying through, throwing green fireballs. Yeah, I will say this. As far as appearance goes, she's actually pretty intimidating. She looked really generic to me. Because she looked like, in my mind, the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, assuming that she was wearing green instead of... Yeah, I think the reason it was more intimidating... The face. The face worked. The face worked, but also she was very fast, very aggressive, just zipping along the tree line. She was flying and throwing fireballs. So not very much a cackle and just kind of, you know, menace you from very far away. Very up close, very personal, and very much so chasing these two. Now, this was something I found a little odd. Because if we're really pushing the appearance of this ghost, and she's on a set schedule, and we have like set locations where she's been seen, there are no tourists here. They've all left. There are no one's out taking pictures. No one's out hoping for like a uh, haunted happenings. It, they're they're all gone. So it's kind of weird that they've been working so hard on this ghost. And she just shows up and the streets are empty. Aside from the three vampire girls. There's something that I I think would make sense there. Where, you know, I wouldn't really want people to necessarily watch everything I do either. So maybe I would go when there's less people. You know, it's easier to fool two people than it is 200. Yeah, but if the whole tour is attraction... Right, but the thing is, hey, these guys heard, saw the ghost yesterday. The ghost did show up. We just showed up at the wrong time. Let's stay another day and not eat at Jack's Cider because that has no food. Yeah, they, they've got a very limited menu of uh, water. Yeah. <laughs> so, Scooby and Shaggy run into the game. That's correct. And Fred notices that, you know, those tree lines, that looks really weird. Do you remember what was weird about the tree line? It was a tree line. Yeah, it was... <laughs> a straight line, in fact. A straight line. It was broken. All the branches were broken in a straight line. In a very straight line. It looked like someone went through with a very large hedge clipper. And just cut the tops of all the trees. And also, while the ghost has been... You know, the ghost is gone. You know, Scooby and Shaggy turn a corner, run into the gang. Sarah Ravencroft has left the building. Or the town, I guess, in this case. Or the sky. And we do see... She was throwing fireballs, but... Velma kind of just looks at this powder that happens to be where the fireballs landed, and it looks like there's some glittery dust mm-hmm. that is kind of falling betwixt her fingers. I'm doing the motion right now. I'm he not, is. He's doing a great job, I'm guys. Not, if not you all could to. see this, you'd be so proud of him. I would just, you know, I wanted to make sure I had the right words, but instead I was just sign languaging. But, yeah. So they end up investigating a little bit, and they hear music. Indeed they do. And not only do they hear music, they see lights. Yes, so they follow it through and Scooby and Shaggy point out, hey, it's, it's the vampires. Yeah, it's the vampires we saw. And Fred's like, they're not vampires. They're the Hex Girls. 
Because he saw them on the poster. Also, I think there's probably another poster there, too, he was looking at. And also, vampires don't often come out to the middle of Maine to set up rock shows. Not often, but when they Not do, often, but those rock shows do. are great, guys. You don't even you don't know a good show until you go to an authentic vampire in Maine concert. Also, it doesn't hurt that the Hex Girls song is We're the Hex Girls. Which does help you figure out, well, what, what is this band called again? Hold on, let me listen to, yeah, the one song, yeah. Yeah, you know, if the Rolling Stones just started off and their first song was We Are the Rolling Stones. I mean, it would help them remember easier. I, you know what? I just realized they could have had a song like that. I wouldn't know because I don't listen to their music. <laughs> well, real fast, guys. We're going to play a little bit. Oh, yeah. I wish we could play the entire song because this is a good song. If there's one thing people remember from this movie, it is this song. I actually remember once upon a time I had an argument with someone because they said, oh, um, it's the movie I like, Scooby-Doo and the Hex Girls. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not Scooby-Doo and the Hex Girls, it's Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. And we had a really, uh, he, he argued with me about it. Yeah. And then he went to lunch and when he came back for lunch, he's like, I'm like, so did you Google it? Because I know you Googled it, right? He's like, shut up. <laughs> But the right. song is, I mean, here we I, go. You know what? Let's just let them. Yeah, listen let's to it. listen to it. We'll talk about it after. Penance, sisters. <gasps> Zoinks! It's the witches. Easy, guys. It's just the hex girls. I'm gonna cast a spell on you. You're gonna do what I want you to. Mix it up here. Yeah, uh, the Hex Girls, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. If you haven't watched this, you need to. Go watch this. The Hex Girls is such, I I think it's safe to say, of all the new Scooby-Doo stuff yeah. that's been released in the last 20 years, Yeah, the Hex Girl has had the biggest impact of any of the newer characters. I mean, they've been in several of the movies. Yep. They've been in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. They were in What's New Scooby-Doo. Like, they have been in several series throughout. Like they've... they, yeah, they've had multiple songs. They've had multiple reappearances, and people remember this movie just for them. It's really strange how a just completely fictional one-off animated band became such a hit. And I gotta say, this song is really well done. It's kind of like in the first movie uh, on Zombie Island. There were a lot of really, really good songs. This one might not have as many songs but when it is like when they do it 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 is polished to perfection this yep. is a really good song you know who else thought it was a really good song um everyone that listened you have a fred, fred in particular i think fred he did like this song but i think he liked something a little bit more yeah he 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 looked a little smitten and daphne was clearly very jealous i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty sure every time someone watched it for the first time they were a little bit smitten too that's a fair point now when they finished the hex girls informed the gang that they're not really with or witches they're eco goths and we don't need your approval and I'm like i i mean you don't that just seems like a really weird thing to say do you know who says we don't need your approval people who 
desperately want someone's approval. Yeah. And also, I just thought it was weird because no one really seemed to be... I, I don't know. I, I guess it was like, I don't really recall them mentioning that. But at the same time, it's kind of like they were talking about like how good you guys were. And they were kind of dancing and they seemed to enjoy it. As far as like the, we don't need your approval. It's like, well, you already had it because we, we listened to the whole song. And we were very like, this is awesome. Yep. So, Fred thinks that they're connected to the witch. And... Fred and Daphne, yeah, they gotta do some recon here. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep an eye there. And Velma calls him out. It's like, hey, you know, a lot of times when we split up, you always split up with Daphne. Why? Why is that, Fred? And it's like, well, Velma, you're the smartest member on the team, and you are about fifty years too late. <laughs> you, you know, good on you, Velma. Nothing gets past you. <laughs> it's only been 40 years by this point. Yeah, you know, 30, 30 years. It was 30 years. It's fine. Bill finally is like, wait a minute. Hold I up. I realized something. Hold up. They end up finding some tire tracks. The mayor is hidden something in a barn. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. We've actually been following the mayor around quite a bit. He seems to be doing some... Suspicious stuff. With a few different townspeople. It's not just the mayor. He's meeting a few people. He's running a few errands, delivering a few packages, and... For being this late at night, it seems a weird time for the mayor to be just out and about, especially when there's the possibility a witch might show up. True. Well, I thought the really interesting thing was, as Fred and Daphne's following, following people around, Daphne also calls Fred out, so, hey, Fred, why do you always do this for us? And Fred almost straight up just kind of owns up to why he does it. Yeah. He, he doesn't get a chance to because instead they see the hex girls so they have to follow them and figure out what's going on time to run like time time to keep those tabs yep. i do like the fact that we are getting like more blatant than most like instead of just them teaming up in scooby-doo on zombie island we got a little bit more of them kind of playing off of each other's jealousy of other attractive people being attractive so we got to play on that this one they're calling it out a bit more a bit more than usual hopefully in the third film we're going to get a lot more development maybe we'll see a member of mystery inc getting a love interest uh, maybe or maybe two of them in fact maybe what ends up in this episode is velma decides after she's followed the mayor that she's going to crawl through the top window and she falls all the way down through and i noted that normally this is a shaggy move Crawl through the top window of what? We the know. barn. Okay, yeah, but we, we needed to say that the mayor went into the barn. Okay, so, yeah, the mayor has gone into this barn, left something, and he, he's gone. So Velma has decided to do a little hands-on exploring. Yeah, Velma and Ben are going to explore the barn. Scooby and Shaggy are following the mayor at this point. That's correct. And so we're going to go into this barn, and you're right, it is a very shaggy move, but um, considering it's just Velma and Ben at this point... There's no Shaggy to do this particular technique. So, what exactly do they find inside the barn? Do you remember? Yeah, it is a cherry picker. Basically, it's just a vehicle with a large automated ladder pulley system that's supposed to pull you up to the top of a tree so you could pick a cherry. Or, you know, do electrical work. I or think really they anything. have a lot of other uses, but I'm like, I'm guessing the original purpose was cherry picking, but... 
yeah basically just something that will elevate you to the top of a tree and you could drive along in a straight line that way you could reach all of the trees equally well what ends up happening is the gang ends up getting back together after scooby and shaggy find the ghost again and i wrote down that velma and ben the most important thing for me was velma and ben both lose their glasses clearly clearly the entire world is doomed this is the end of the world guys i mean we don't know how ben is without his glasses but we know how velma is right and i think it's kind of funny because we've seen this gag before whenever we did the johnny bravo episode of the glasses swap that was funny that was really a funny bit though and in this one they do the glasses swap so we kind of get a smidgen of kind of a kind of a, a cute sort of moment between them two but i'm not sure how much older ben is than velma i mean velma is in her i would have to say in her mid-20s at this point i would hope so like i feel like they're all out of college i don't know how much older ben is but you know it's, he's an established author he's got to be at least in his 30s you know what they're grown they're grown folks i'm not gonna if they want to fall in love I, it's fine i'm not gonna let that get in their way i'm just it's totally fine now what might get in their way yeah. is when velma says the gang's just gonna leave this has been too much for them. Yeah. The gang's going to leave. Yeah. But they need one more clue. Yeah, and we're the, out. the mayor, who was, you know, caught them all following, he's not happy about this. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, oh, y'all are leaving. And, you know, didn't even get to see the ghost. It's a the, shame. The mayor did seem happy about the idea of them leaving. It's yeah. almost like having a group of meddling kids who is well known for solving bogus mysteries is something that he really doesn't want around. Well, I mean, you know, you're trying to basically lure a ghost to arrive on a regular schedule <laughs> you gotta have her keep her time so you know I, I guess having a bunch of people who are well known for debunking these sort of scenarios is probably not the best thing to have around however they are leaving yep but they just need one more clue so they actually gather a bunch of people around they get the hex girls they meet up with the hex girls yeah and the ghost shows up yeah and she's flying through and is immediately hit by a tree branch that Fred has pulled back. Yeah, kind of a clumsy witch. And actually a very solid ghost as well. Yeah. And she ends up getting knocked into a soccer net. Where, hey guys, it turns out this witch wasn't a real ghost. What? Yeah, it's almost like every other episode that we've ever seen. Whoa, 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 whoa! But in the other movie, Zombie Island, we found out the the, the you know the monster was real. So why in the world are we going with this one? I don't know, but what a what a what a bummer! What a downgrade! I wanted to see a real witch's ghost. Well, we didn't. It's the pharmacist. So it turns out that Sarah Ravencroft really wasn't. A witch at all and she certainly wasn't a ghost of a witch she wasn't even a woman yeah she was a pharmacist this whole time it was mr mcknight it's thorn's dad yeah 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 it is and sorry, was... that, i'm sorry that was really really weird i i thought for a second her dad was a dentist but that's the other member of that's the uh, other hex girls dad yeah because they did the tea yeah. gotcha but it turns out this kind of thing you couldn't do alone you needed someone with some serious strength to be able to hoist ho hoist the ghost up there and that's the reason why it turns out jack was in there really yeah jack was part of it and, and, I, and i guess i guess the whole flashing fireballs might have been the same flashbang that the hex girls used matter of fact it was but really? the hex girls had nothing to do with this well 
No, I mean, the whole flashbang kind of spark technique isn't really localized to just one musical group. They have lots of light shows at many different musical shindigs, or so I'm told. Who's your favorite musical group? Who's my favorite musical shindig? Um, Ray Parker Jr. Excellent. Good choice. He did the, yeah. He did the Ghostbusters theme. He did yeah. yeah. So... Turns out a lot of the town folk are in on it. Yeah. Like, this was a whole town-wide thing. And the mayor starts getting really angry until Velma's like, Well, you shouldn't be. You're the one that tipped me off. Yeah. It, uh, it turns out the mayor was just a l- little bit in on it. And they are about to get the sternest talking to of their lives. Yep. and Because Ben goes off. He's like, how in the world is this entire town... How, where do you guys get off dragging poor, innocent, pure Sarah Ravencroft's name through the mud like that? She is a Wiccan, sir. And you know what? So is Thorne. Well, she's 116th Wiccan on her mom's side. On her mom's side. Yeah, you know, just that, just that old Wiccan, Wiccan blood thing. The whole Wiccan being in your genes. Yep, that's totally how that works. That's how it works. You can't just decide to be one. But Velma gets another idea while she's talking about this. As they're talking about Sarah, and she's like, hey, Scooby, you know what? Where did you find that belt buckle? Yeah, the belt buckle. Yeah, didn't we find that next to a tree stump? Like a big tree stump? And it turns out, yes, we did. And for reasons that I don't understand, Ben Ravencroft never once thought in the entire time he was here that the large oak tree that his ancestor sat under 200 years ago may not in fact be there anymore yeah. but this large stump of an oak tree yeah, maybe it would have been a good idea to think what if something happened to it like got cut down it fell down like there's so many things that could have happened in 200 years it's a long time ben, i mean trees are old but come on man ben this they was, don't live forever this is why he needed Mr. Incorporated to point out that trees don't live forever. Yeah. Sometimes you just need someone to be like, did you did you look by the stump of the oak tree? Because it could have been there. Yeah, it could have been that oak tree stump. Well, the reason why she was thinking about this was because that, that, that shoe buckle that Scooby found matches the one in the painting of Sarah because she was holding it in the painting. Showed the book, showed the cover, showed the belt buckle on the book cover, which was so, actually a book, bu- book Yeah, it's a book buckle. buckle. Book buckle. That is... So that's not a thing, is it? Well, it was in this book. I guess it was like a latch or something that you could lock up the book with, like a diary. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's a journal. It was a journal. It was a record you know, book. Maybe yeah. it was a record book of who her patience was and the hottest, you know, kid in her class. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it started. Was like the hottest boy in Oak Haven is definitely. <laughs> it's like, dear diary. Yeah. And then later she's like, oh, I'm gonna. I still got tons of pages. Uh, uh, I decided to go ahead and become a oh man. Healer. You know what? Like. The, uh, the judge who does the witch trials is the one who's, like, also the hottest. So it's like, all right, prove your innocence. Let me read that journal. Ooh. Ah, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> Just too shy. Yeah. So what ends up happening is Scooby does find a box. He couldn't find a book. He found a box. Yeah. And Ben basically just snatches that box real fast from Scooby. Yeah, and this is kind of a... I mean, it's a it's an older box. It's also kind of a kind of a spookier box. Looks a little creepy. 
Maybe I'm wrong. The journal, definitely a little on the um, little on the sinister side. Little uh, it has like, like a skull on the front of it. Yeah, and... it's very much so Necronomicon from the Evil Dead looking. Yeah, and um, and that was like I don't know, Ben. That it, that book looks kind of evil. It does but, not look like a normal book that would be like yeah, the that, journal of a Wiccan healer. It looks like a evil journal, and Ben's like, it's not a journal. It's a spell book. Yeah, and like love, a- love the way he says it because in that one sentence, his entire character just one eighties. Nice guy, Tim Curry. He he goes like from nice guy to Tim Curry because he Tim Curry usually plays villains. So I just love the way he said it's a spell. It's a spell. It's like like, like how many syllables can you stretch the word spell into? Because. Tim Curry is doing it. He did it, and he did it perfect. It's so great because you really feel like, oh, wait a minute. It is a spell book. And it turns out that Sarah, she wasn't a Wiccan. She was a witch. And you know what that makes Ben? Warlock. Oh, that's right, because it's passed in blood. Harry Potter rules. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's been looking for this book for years. It's like, well, yeah, Ben, you didn't have to tell us that part. We... We, we already, we already knew one. that, and also, metal detector, Ben? Did you ever think, metal, they had metal back, uh, in, back he, in the day. Well, and it never would have mattered, because he just kept looking around the live oak tree that, instead of anything I, else. I would have taken that at least once or twice around the block. Yeah. I would have tried. Well, it turns out that Ben set the entire event to the beginning of this movie in action. That's why what? he was there in the first place. He... Set out a phony story to draw Mystery Incorporated to the museum. He paid off the guards. He paid off the staff of the museum. Everyone there, including the security guys, was on his payroll. He did all of this just so he could meet up with Mystery Incorporated. And it's like I said, he flattered them all to the point that none of them really thought about the fact that he shouldn't have been in it. So Fred immediately accuses the entire rest of the town of being in on this. Yeah, you know, my opinion on Ben Ravencroft has suddenly changed just a bit. Yeah, well... Yeah, Fred thinks the entire town's on this, and Ben's like, no, these guys are stupid. Yeah. They could never have done this. But they were still right about her being a witch. Like, I mean, yeah, it turns it, out. Regardless of how dumb they are, they were right about one thing. And then Ben just starts throwing out the phrase mortal, like it's going out of style. Like, I'm just impressed mm-hmm. with how quickly he's just using the phrase mortal. I guess witch blood really. I, I mean, it. you get your use out of it, you really get your money's worth because. <laughs> He's apparently just, you know... He's had the magic abilities for a grand total of 30 seconds, and he's just like, listen, mortals. Mwahaha. It's like, man, um, boy, you really... You went off the deep end quick here, Ben. No, you're really building yourself up here. You do know you're just a regular dude. Regular dude. Just normal. Oh, he's not a normal regular dude at this point. Like, he's gonna unlock Sarah. He's reading spells out. The dude has real magic. Wait a minute. We mean unlocking Sarah. We already we already dispelled the witch's ghost. Sarah is actually trapped in her book. A Wiccan trapped her there years ago. She's a real witch, and she's trapped there. And my favorite part of this is Velma, as he's throwing magic around, winds picking up, like, he's shooting fireworks out of his hands. Like, it's really impressive. And Velma's like, how could I have ever liked your books? And well, like, Velma, Velma, he could still be a decent author. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I get it, you know, it's, you know. Like, fine. Also, it's not like he started all of his books out as the author's forward of. Also, 
I want to take over the world. I am going to get you all. I'm immortal. I'll find that book eventually. It's happening. And here's Pet Cemetery. That's right. <laughs> and also check out my newest novel, <laughs> Under the Dome. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those cases where it's like, Thelma, I mean, and if he did do that, really, you missed out on a really big clue as well. Yeah, I think on. I would have been like, you know, Ben Ravencroft, favorite author. He always starts his book off with some rant about how he's going to kill us all. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, but very avant-garde. I like it. I like it a lot. So it's like, Thelma, I think you can still enjoy his work. I mean, you know, don't go to your store and burn all his books. Well, yeah, in this case... <laughs> Ben does unlock Sarah. Sarah starts to come out, but Scooby tries really hard to save the day. He steals the book away, but it turns out now that Ben's read a spell or two from the book, he doesn't need the spell book anymore. He's casting serious magic without the spell book. So, ever since he found out... 30 seconds ago. And he touched the book. Yep. Now he just... Yeah, he read like one or two... Yeah, he read one or two pages. Just immortal. Like not he's, only is, like not only is he immortal, he's also just super immortal and with powers. It you know what? The real magic was in Ben the entire time. I don't think so. I think it was in the book. Oh. Well, the mayor is really concerned about the gift shop. I, I just don't wanna I don't wanna like have the end of this movie be like, Ben, don't you see? You didn't need the book. You no. were an evil, magical <laughs> dictator the whole time. Think about all those wasted years you could have been conquering humanity. Well, he decides the best way to do that is to get Sarah out of the book. So Sarah comes out of the book. Yeah, you know. And Ben's like, you work for me now. And Sarah's well, like, no, no, I don't. Well, they're like, we're going to work together at least. Like, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to team up. Do Sarah, a little, Sarah, uh, Sarah has no interest in that. Okay, come on, you got a little grand, great, great, great grandmother, grandson action going on. You got a little... It's a weird partnership. There's a there's a bit of an age gap, but you guys, actually, I would really have loved to see, like them actually set up to take over the world because I think she'd be fascinated by some of the advancements that have been made. I don't know when she looked around, she just saw the same fool she saw two hundred years ago. Well, yeah, and I guess we have the mayor to thank for that. Well, I mean, she did wake up in a recreation of a Puritan's. As far as she's concerned, she's like the future. Looks pretty much like it did and yesterday. She's like, Boy, you guys haven't done anything. You guys have been lazy. <laughs> yep. So Sarah's like, well, you know what? Nah, nah. There ain't no team up. I'm doing this all by myself. It's like, but I released you. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Good and job. maybe, like, she should have just said, I'll kill you last. Which yeah. would have been nice. Yeah. And I mean, Sarah, quick question. You had all this power, all this magic. How'd you get burned? Like, how did that happen? Well, like, she like, was she was put into her spell book. By who? By well, it turns out a Wiccan. <laughs> now here's my here's the thing that really gets me. Ben is like, well, I'm gonna send you back, and he opens it up. Once again, this man has had the book for a grand total of like three minutes at this point. Yeah, some of which a dog had it. We're playing hot potato with the book, by the way. This entire time, hot potato. Yeah, like books like, of football, and we're playing. Monkey in the middle, is that sure? Keep, that works. We're playing keep away. Also works. with the book. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's really impressive. So this man has only had the book for like three minutes. It hasn't even had it that long because other people keep taking it from yeah. him. And yet he's like, nope, I know the exact spell. I'm like, how do you know where the spell is? Well, you knew the page and everything. Like you were just, boom. Here's my follow up question: Why did Sarah put that spell in her book? I have no earthly clue. Like that's the question I'm asking. It's like. 
I hope no one gets my book. There's only one thing that can end, that can stop my reign of terror. If they say this spell, then I'm going to hopefully write I, down for them. I would have taken the page out or not written it down at all or just, you, uh, you know, know. Maybe that was part of the journal. Like when she bought the journal. That's... Just permanent marker over that one. Like, okay, so you know how they have the journals with the inspiring quotes on each page kind of as a watermark? The this spell. one just happens to have one page directly in the middle that if you're a witch and if you're writing and using this as a journal and spell book, if there's a Wiccan that might read it, this would trap you. Well, Ben goes ahead and reads the spell and it has... Zero, Zero effect. effect. Like, just nothing. And, of course, I just gotta wonder... I feel bad for Ben. He spends so much time looking for this wait, wait, book. Wait, real fast, real fast. You feel bad for the guy who, after finding his life's passion, yeah. immediately tries to kill everyone. I, I feel bad for him because he spent his whole life as a mediocre horror author... I, None of those books he read off the titles for sounded good, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Velma loved him. Velma had an entire bookshelf dedicated to titles such as The Creepy Clown Town. From a, No. I, that, you know what? No. They never said... I don't remember who they said wrote those. Wait, wait, wait. It was wait, the wait. Hair Razor series is what they called it. Wait, The Creepy Clown Town, that is it in Derry, Maine. It. Like, it is a creepy clown town. Oh my gosh, that was clever. Well, the thing is, we don't know the Creepy Clown Town, because that was from the first one. Yeah, but was, I mean, like... If but, you think so you're about assuming it, that those books were written by Ben? No, that, I'm just saying, like, that was a homage to Stephen King. Yes, like, it was. The, okay, that's, the entire character Ben Ravencroft has been. No, I'm talking about from the first movie. Oh. When she read off the book title, The Creepy Clown Town, it was I like... I the rest of them were. Oh, I, well, I, I don't I'll know. look them up later. It's not important. Anywho's, so I just feel bad for Ben, because he found this book after all these years... Just got the confirmation, not only am I immortal, or just magical in general, but I'm going to get out my sweet, doting, great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, and she and I are going to take over the world. Okay, never mind. She doesn't like me, doesn't really want to like help me out here, and if anything, is dismissive of me and my powers, and I'm just a weenie. Yeah, that's fair. So, Ben tries to send her back, but it's like, nope, you need Wiccan blood to send me back. You can't do it. And then she proceeds to use her magic in way more creative ways than Ben ever did. Oh, absolutely. We're bringing she... pumpkins to life. We're making big turkeys. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> We're making big turkeys. I mean... I mean, it's, I mean, it's I mean, almost uh, like uh Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what's her face from uh Frankus uh, Fracas episode did that? Yeah, you know, that was a big chicken. This is big turkey. <laughs> I'm just saying, that was not that impressive. I already seen her. I've already seen another old woman do this once. Michael, we're talking turkey. We're talking big turkey. <laughs> I like we're bringing pumpkins to life. We're making big turkey. We're bringing we're... It just sounds like she's trying to come up with a really impressive Thanksgiving Dave. I just imagine like a really really terrible Cinderella grandmother. So even though we're making this sound ridiculous, it is, and it's the pumpkins were not ridiculous. Those were scary. The whole thing is kind of intimidated because it's not just a big turkey; it's a big evil turkey. Its beak gets serrated, like, 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 kind of sharp and claw-like, and its neck stretches abnormally long. Very gross, actually. And the pumpkins have like a weird screech and weird. Like jack lantern faces yeah, and weird like tentacle like uh, vine hands, and she brings a tree to life and it gets a creepy tree face. Yeah, and you know the one. 
You know the creepy tree face. It's on every spooky tree in yeah. Halloween. And you know what really is really awesome here is, once again, they're playing hot potato with the book because Velma realizes, wait a minute, only a Wiccan can do this. I know a Wiccan. Thorn can do this. Yeah, and... um. So everyone has to get the book. They're trying to get the book to Thorn. And we do have a very, very funny scene in which Shaggy... Guys, I got it. We don't need the book. I got this. Guys, I got this. I'm going to throw a bucket of water on her. I, you and, know, in Shaggy's uh, defense, that has worked in the past, uh, historically speaking, for witches. It worked in The Wizard of Oz. I love that scene because he just throws this bucket of water in her face because she has one of the gang. And she's just sitting there with this water dripping down. And he's like, what was that? And he's like, well, uh... It worked in the movie. It worked in the movie. It's like, okay, well... I, you know what? It worked fairly well. I mean, it didn't destroy her, but man, it confused the heck out of her. It caught her off guard, because it's like... I mean, if I showed up... Like, let's say I showed up out of nowhere. You had no idea what my powers were. You have no idea who I am. And someone just throws water on me, thinking it's like, this is going to do something. I'd be like, huh, what was yeah. your plan? Now I'm hydrated. What's, what's the deal? <laughs> But you know what? It, it worked fairly well. Eventually, Thorn ends up with the book. Mm -hmm. And she reads the spell. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, at this point, all the gang has been captured at some way or another. Yeah. It's all... Like, I, I'm not going to try to describe it, but it's like one of those chase scenes you see, except for it is way scarier, way more intimidating, and way more exciting than any chase scene I've seen other than outside of Zombie Island. I do prefer the Zombie Island one more because they, they didn't focus on comedy as much they didn't focus on comedy they've the turkey gets like dazed and confused and you see scooby and shaggy dressed in puritan clothes talking about how they're gonna baste this bird and it's like that hurt a little they they've got the whole pumpkins getting smashed in zombie island we are running through a haunted louisiana swamp by corp like chased by corpses while one of the coolest songs ever is playing in the background to hype us up Terror Time was yep. so cool. This is more of just keep away with some... It's show. still pretty intense. It's it just, is. like you said, there's more comedy in this one. So, I still you, think it's more intense than any other one we've yeah, seen very, other than Zombie Island. Very much so. And you do get this sense that Sarah Ravencroft is just kind of losing her temper a bit. She keeps, like... Because she keeps getting foiled in these really goofy ways... Let's She's be realistic. Like, Wouldn't you be? Like, here you are. You've been in a book for 200 years. You get out, and you start flexing your power, and then nonsense happens. Like, there is no way that she was prepared for Shaggy throwing water on her. Like, it, it, isn't, it isn't hurting her any. Nothing they're doing is really hurting her. But it's just annoying. confusing and annoying. <laughs> I would say, like, if I was Sarah Rape, like, if I was, and I just got out after 200 years... The last thing I would do is stick around. If I had the book for anything longer than one second, I would have flown up, up, and I would have pulled a Superman and just bailed. Because the longer you stay here, the more chances there are of actually getting, like, foiled. Like, if you're a ghost, you can fly. As soon as I popped out of the book and I saw Ben Ravencroft with said book, I would have nabbed him and booked it. Mm -hmm. Get it? Booked, booked it? it yeah. yeah. Booked it? Okay. Yeah. So at this point, Thorn gets the book. 
mm-hmm. and she reads the spell, and it works fine. Sarah, that that one sixteenth blood is all that was needed. That is, it's very effective blood, very effective. Thank goodness for her mom. And so we kind of have a an interesting. I don't want to say like character death, because like in the in the first one with the cat gods, when they basically get foiled they turn into bones like they melt into into like into in in my mind these these characters die yeah and and so what we have is the witch goes back into the book but she decides to take someone else with her she grabs onto ben's ankle which is probably best for him because you know let's be realistic his next book wasn't going to perform near as well i don't think yeah, my only problem is, as much of a jerk as Ben was, and as weird and fanatical as he might have seemed, I don't really see him as being much of a threat. So I feel like the dude this... has real magic, Brett, like and he... and he did refer to everyone by more. Like the guy's a jerk. That's annoying, but he didn't show off any other powers besides what Jubilee can do from X Men. So if we're being honest, he could have just been a mutant. Fair. And just never knew. But I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't done anything actually wrong outside of paying people for a very elaborate trick. Sure, he said he was going to take over the world, but I just don't really see that happening with firework fingers, you know? Eh. Well, either way, they both end up in the book, and a tree branch that's on fire falls and lands on the book, burning it up. Very much so. And Velma points out... That Ben Ravencroft's last book will be the one the world will never read. Except that he, he didn't write it, Velma, so it doesn't, doesn't really work. He, you know, it was someone else's book. Well, he's definitely in the book. He's he, a, he is I in the book. I say at this point he's a main character. He's a forward, for sure. <laughs> so, it's over. Things are, are fine, you know, but the mayor is distraught because with the witch's ghost being solved, and, you know, they can't really go back to that fake thing after, you know everything else that happened actually i don't really see why they couldn't because i just imagine bad memories at this point would do it yeah maybe ptsd i'm just saying though like you just got confirmation she was a witch you don't have to worry about a family member suing your like you know a, a member of the estate suing you they're dead you also have the fact that like yeah there's just no opposition now and mystery inc is not going to live in this town so why not bring back the ghost well whatever but you know we do have one other main attraction well i mean you know they with the the, the the hex girls point out that hey we're still here and they're like you know that's great but no offense ladies you're you're really great but you're a local rock band that nobody outside of the general area knows about you know you gotta you gotta work your way out before you're able to bring people back in well it turns out they got something else what else do they have they're a local rock band? The Hex Girls? But, like, they had a poster up at the... Whenever, like, we went Brett, there. Brett, I can make a poster for you for our podcast. That doesn't mean that... I'm our... just saying. It says Hex Girl Concert tonight. It's just like, you know... Oh. That was a bad idea. <laughs> it was. I mean, like I said, they're still a local band. They're, they I... literally live in town. That's about as local as you get. The only other thing they had was a giant turkey. Which... Oh, wait. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. So, we do have one other thing. We have a big bird yep that's it that's our big that's our big attraction yeah hex grows and a 
giant bird. And you know what? Money for everyone. I, I've already seen that. In the, I've already seen that on uh, Mod Frick's farm. I don't need to. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel really bad for this bird because it's a Puritan reenactment, and uh, according to the trees, it's autumn. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is literally right around the corner. Yep. This bird has one live show in it, and Jack's diner is all out of ingredients. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> so, that's the end of the movie. Brett, overall, I would say this movie was fantastic. I I enjoyed it more. I, I think, how about this? I think it's a better overall movie with a better overall plot yes. than Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island. I will also say this, because of what Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island meant to me, I think that was a my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. But, you know what? Witch's Ghost, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it anytime. You want to throw it out there, I will watch it. I think this movie was fantastic. Yeah, and you see, all of the points we complained about in Zombie Island, what few there were, weren't present in Witch's Ghost. We often say... Something we dislike is not being able to guess the villain because there's no clues or detective work involved when your ghost is cat demons. In this case, there's two things to solve. Yeah, there are two cases to solve. One of them is a red herring, which is fantastic because you have like kind of a not quite mystery underlying the mystery that you're already in. And so you kind of pick up subtler clues like, hey, there was a tree stump with a book buckle, or in this case, a shoe buckle that we thought at first. You can see the images. You can put the pieces together. The only clue in Zombie Island was given to us at the very, 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 very end, and it was just footprints. Out of all the clues, it was just footprints. Miss Simone's footprints down a hallway and Velma's like, wait a minute. It's like, there were no clues before this. And your one clue is as cliche as it can be. So for this, where there are clues, there are things to follow, there are questions to ask, it's a much better mystery. And if there's one thing I want from Scooby-Doo, it's a mystery. And I think they did a phenomenal job with the setting the plot, the reveal of the true villain. Because up until that final last act, Ben Ravencroft is a stand-up guy. And you're thinking, wow, this is the one movie Tim Curry's not going to be devious <laughs> and villainous. And he just 180s so hard and spends the rest of the movie being Tim Curry. It's fantastic. I, it yeah. really is. Yep. And I'm just going to throw this out here. This would have been an interesting film to do a what if. Like, what if this movie came out first? What if they're going to Haunted America and they start off east to west, they visit Maine first? What if this movie came out before Zombie Island? I think, and I'm just saying, I think it could have changed the way a lot of things are currently just with the uh, kind of the memories people have of Zombie Island versus Witch's Ghost. I think it would have been a stronger movie to open with. As much as I love Zombie Island and as much as it did for the franchise, if you kind of swapped a few certain elements from it, I think Witch's Ghost would have been the stronger movie in a what-if scenario if it came out first. 
Yeah, well, and if you want to let us know what you thought of this movie, Brett, what's the best way to reach us social media? Yeah, you can go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Meddlers Inc. Again, that is at Meddlers Inc. Uh, we use that to just do one-off conversations or just to respond directly to people. However, if you had a question you wanted us to read off live on the show, Michael, where could they send us a question at? Yeah, you can reach out to us on Meddlers Incorporated at gmail.com. Once again, that is Meddlers Incorporated at gmail.com. Today, we have what is not actually a email, but instead a message that was sent to me on Facebook by our good friend Nathan. Now, you guys will remember Nathan. He's been on a couple of episodes. He's talked, you know, a lot with us. Uh, he is probably our biggest fan. Now, Nathan is pointing out this is in reference to another previous episode where we kept calling it a pointy gate thing. So, Brett, can you read what Nathan has to say? The pointy gate thing you guys were talking about in the episode about Hagglethorn Hall is actually called a portcullis. It's one of those. Instead of a pointy gate thing, it's called a portcullis. And you know what? Thank you, Nathan. You are you are right. I we assumed that it had a name, but I didn't want to Google it. I was too lazy at that time. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna continue to call it a pointy gate thing, just due to the fact that I think people would recognize that before the word portcullis. Well, only one way to find out. So, anyways, that's it for us, Brett. We had a very successful time. What? How do you think we should wrap this up? What do you think we should do? I think since we are we're back, we're we're making episodes again. We are probably well overdue for a break. <laughs> I agree with you. There's only one way that Meddlers Inc. can have a break, and that is by a groovy beach party. I was gonna say cleaning the porcelain. But yeah, groovy beach party sounds way better. Alright, we'll do that. Alright guys, we will see you all next time. Later.